Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Pete in Pensacola calls in asking, My wife and I got into an argument the other night, and afterwards she told me, See, this is why you really need therapy. I told her I might have a few things to work on, but I didn't need therapy. I couldn't believe what her response was to this. She said, of course you do. Everybody needs therapy. Guys, obviously not everybody needs therapy, right? Sincerely, Pete. Mm, Pete in Pensacola. Pete in Pensacola. What do you think, Dr. Sewell? Does everybody need therapy? Um, hmm. I think actually in a perfect world, everybody would go to therapy. Do you need therapy though? Probably not. Does everybody need therapy? My answer would be probably not. Do I think therapy could be beneficial to just about everyone? Absolutely. Agreed. 100% agree. Do you really? I know. I thought we'd argue on this one. But. <laughs> I thought we would too. <laughs> you really agree with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, which part are you surprised that I... I... I really thought your answer would be, no, you don't. No, you shouldn't go to therapy unless you need it, unless there's a reason. I thought that's what you'd say. No, I, th- I think you're, you phrased it exactly as how I think about it. That, And we can talk uh, um, a little bit more about this, but um, I think it's actually, does everyone need therapy is, is the wrong question. I, I think it's just the wrong way to frame this whole understandable situation that Pete finds himself in. I so, think it's so you think Pete's wife phrased the statement wrong. I think she phrased it. I think it's understandable that she phrased it like that. And maybe she even meant something similar to you could benefit from therapy. Oh, okay. But I think that distinction is really critical that you shouldn't think about therapy in terms of do I need therapy? You should think about it in terms of could I benefit from therapy? And in that, and in that case, because everybody could benefit from therapy, I think then everybody could use therapy. Yeah, I think so. Like every, I really think everyone should consider therapy because I think there's very, maybe no one, as you pointed out, who couldn't benefit in some way from good therapy. Mm-hmm. Now, is it ultimately worth it to them? Maybe not. Like maybe it's not worth the time and the energy and the money and whatever, where to someone who really needs it, it's worth almost anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, if if um if i'm not suffering from depression anxiety some kind of disorder um what benefit might i get from therapy then um you you mean you you never experience anxiety at all or not that i never experience it but it doesn't seem to cause significant impairment in my life oh yeah so th- i think that's a really important distinction um is it impairing your life Right, like is it that, impacting my life significantly? Right. Yeah. So th- that's how I would start to think about: um, Do you need therapy? Because I think there are some people who, I think we can fairly say they need therapy. Right. Right. So if, for instance, you, um, you know, you you can't walk in the door of your house without getting in an argument with your spouse, mm-hmm. like clearly your relationship needs some more one or or both of you need to work on things. There's, there's some stuff to work on there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, if you, if you don't, 
leave your house except for once a week to you know go grocery shopping because you are so afraid of what other people think of you like that's your life is getting pretty limited there right and so that right i think this is the kind of stuff that falls into the do you need therapy so sorry this is a long-winded way of getting back to your question which is okay let's say you're not in one of those situations you're not so depressed that you're um, you're still going to your job. You're still, you know, you're still playing with your kids. Um, you're not so anxious that you can't, you might be kind of uncomfortable maybe around big crowds of people, but you go to concerts and you go to the grocery store and stuff like that. What benefit could people get out of therapy if you're not actively suffering from something? Hmm. Right. Right. But I think, I think what I'm, um, I think maybe we do disagree. <laughs> oh, good. Because <laughs> it does sound like you're saying if if you're having some some problems with something, but it's not hugely impacting your life, you may benefit from therapy. Yeah, sure. My position is even if you're a, quote, normal, healthy, adjusted, no impairment, no no huge distress, you could probably still benefit from therapy. Well, unfortunately, I agree with you there too. <laughs> All right, but let's let's get specific. Tell me what you're thinking about in a situation like that. Someone um, who's totally well adjusted, not suffering at all. How would they benefit from therapy? Well, and and so I, I have clients all, all the time, you know, that, that maybe at one time they struggled with something when we first started therapy, and they've gotten to a point where you know their depression, their anxiety, their post traumatic stress disorder isn't isn't a factor in their life anymore. It's not impairing them anymore at all. But they they really do continue to enjoy the you know weekly, biweekly, monthly uh, session they get to kind of bounce their thought process off somebody um, who's unbiased and and who can kind of vet their their thinking, I guess, to some degree um, in some functional way. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm, the the word enjoy makes me uncomfortable, though. Yeah, that's okay. You can be uncomfortable then. <laughs> um, um, but is it? I, I guess what I'm getting at is: is that person who comes in, are they doing it because they enjoy it? Is that therapy that they just enjoy chatting with you? Well, is it, that a, is that a legitimate uh, use of therapy? Enjoyment? Yeah, I, I mean, I think even clients who are struggling sometimes enjoy therapy. I don't think enjoying. No, I'm saying if that's the real, if that's the primary reason you're in therapy is because you enjoy chatting with someone. Mm. No, I, that's not the primary reason for therapy. Probably because you enjoy it. So your hypothetical person who's kind of worked through all their issues, you said they come in because they enjoy bouncing ideas off you. Yeah, they may still come in and say, hey, you know, I, I, I was at work and a coworker kind of had this reaction. Um, I kind of had a reaction emotionally to this situation. And I want to kind of t- talk this out with you and make sure that I'm my thinking's straight here and that I'm that I responded in a good way and that my thought process was healthy around this event. Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. so it's an opportunity for them to say, you know, Hey, when my coworker, you know, really got upset and angry and was yelling at me, um, here's how I kind of responded and here's my thought process and my response. What do you think? Um, so it's not really their depression or anxiety they're talking about anymore. It's just kind of like a, Hey, this event happened. I want to make sure my, my, my thoughts are on the level 
and how I responded to this. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, sometimes I think about it in terms, well, the reason I think I can so emphatically say that everybody could benefit from therapy is because at its, I think at its most essential, therapy is about growth. Now, if you're really, if you're, if you're at the bottom of the barrel and you're barely getting by, then growth will help alleviate your suffering, which is how most people think about therapy as alleviating suffering. But I think that's only half, that's only a part of therapy. There's, you can be doing fine, but you can still have room to grow. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think there's, there's virtually always room for therapy to be beneficial because all of us have room to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the mistake is to think about therapy in terms of relieving bad things or painful things like that to, to limit therapy to that. So you, you might be relatively healthy. You have good blood pressure. You have, you know, you don't have any physical illnesses or diseases or whatever. And you've got it. Your BMI is normal, for instance, but you want to be more healthy and you have a hard time getting yourself into an exercise regimen that mm-hmm. will lead to that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not suffering. There's no pathology there, but right. you want to improve. Right. And I think therapy could be helpful with that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would extend it even further. So I'm going to push the line a little bit further because what you're saying is there's still a benefit to be had there. Yep. A clear benefit to be had maybe. And and I and I, I get the way our um, insurance system works and it's totally understandable, but I think in a perfect world, everyone would have access to someone that's unbiased and trained at um, – change in identifying patterns of, of behavior. Um, and I guess, I guess I'm saying there's still maybe a benefit, but I, I think there's, there's just a benefit to being heard, to being, um, validated in some way, to being, um, coached or counseled or whatever you want to call it in some areas of your life. So for example, um, uh, I, I see a therapist, right? It's, common for for psychologists i mm-hmm. think to do that and and i i find it hugely um helpful to me um as a as a psychologist i'm kind of constantly in my head all the time anyway and there gets to be a point sometimes where i'm like wait am i thinking about this right mm-hmm. you know am i or am i have i been swimming in these thoughts for so long that i'm i'm not able to see clearly about you know my own life sometimes right um now i, I don't think I struggle with depression or anxiety or anything like that, but I, I find it hugely beneficial to kind of, you know, go in once, uh, once every three weeks or so and say like, Hey, here's, here's a, here's a situation event that I'm encountering. Here's how I'm kind of thinking about that. What are your thoughts? You know, um, I think it's really beneficial. Um, and, and the, the person I see is able to make, you know, observations that I'm completely unaware of sometimes because it's my own, stuff, you know? Um, and I think it's really hard for individuals sometimes to see their own stuff. Yeah. I think that's a great point that regardless of the degree to which you're suffering or not, um, if you're a human being, you have blind spots, right? Right. There's inherent subjectivity. And the thought, the thoughts that go around in your head, um, the, the thoughts your mind produces are sometimes huge blind spots and I'm able to see them for my clients. Because I'm outside looking in, um, but when you're inside it, 
yeah, it gets to be a little, little muddled sometimes. Yeah. And so I've noticed, you know, some observations I've gotten in, in therapy sometimes I'm like, how did I not see that? Like how in the world was I totally blind to that? Right. And, and it, but it reinforces the idea like, yeah, this is a good thing. I think I'm going to keep coming and doing this. Right. Um, just for that almost. And yeah, it's, it's hugely beneficial to just have someone, um, you know, listen and vet your thought process, your behavior patterns and say, Hey, which is exactly what I do for my clients, you know, to have that done for you is also, I think, invaluable sometimes. Right. And it's hard to imagine the kind of person who doesn't have some of those blind spots and who couldn't benefit from that, right? I can't imagine a human being out there that doesn't have a blind spot. You know, I, I really don't. Um, our thought processes tend to be so self-serving most of the time or self-critical or whatever it is um, that having someone um, point out a, a pattern to you. Um, yeah. I, I'm hard pressed to think of anybody I know that, that is completely aware and self-actualized, <laughs> I guess. So here's, here's the analogy. I, I totally agree. Um, the, the way I think about it though, and the way I sometimes frame it to people is does everyone need to sign up at a gym and get a personal trainer? No, I think there's plenty of people who, you know, they go for runs in their neighborhood or they mm-hmm. eat really healthily on their own. And like, they don't need to see a personal trainer at a gym, right? Right. But I'd be willing to bet just about everybody could benefit from seeing some type of personal trainer at the gym. You could, you could be, you know, Lance Armstrong or like an Iron Man. And you, there's probably some trainer out there that could still, I mean, that's why these people have, why do the highest performing athletes have coaches? Yeah. Even that, you know, they're at peak physical condition and they still need coaches, right? So to, for us to think like, oh yeah, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly depressed or anxious. Uh, Does that mean you have no, nothing you could potentially work on or that that's a coach or a counselor or a therapist couldn't help you improve? I, I think that's a great you know, analogy. I mean, if, if you look at, yeah, like an athlete who, even if they're really good, even if it's, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, at the top of his career still had a swing coach who would be able to, you know, kind of give advice between rounds about, Hey, you're turning your hips out or, you know, this or that, or the top of your swing, you're here. Um, which is, which is a good way of kind of pointing out, even if you're that good at something, sometimes you're unaware of, a problem in your form or an advantage you could have if you change this and this, you know, I mean, that's exactly, and this is Tiger Woods. You're talking about probably one of the greatest golfers in, in history still has a swing coach. Right. Right. Or, or even runners, you know, who, um, who have been, you know, hugely successful. They still have a coach that's able to say your form is off here. You know, it's just such an, 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 a fascinating, yeah, I think that's a great analogy actually. So off the top of your head, um, and real, we don't have to get into depth in any of these, but real quickly, what are, say there's people out there listening who have, they're not depressed, they're not particularly anxious, they don't, they're not suffering necessarily. And so they're thinking, well, you know, I mean, listen to these two guys talk, like, sure, maybe there are some things, you know, that, that analogy makes sense to me. Uh, maybe I could benefit from therapy, but how specifically? 
So what are some specific benefits that someone who's not overtly suffering necessarily could get out of therapy? Like what comes to mind right off the bat? Uh, relationships come up to mind right off the bat. Um, you know, are, are your, are all of your relationships really healthy? Are, um, you able to, um, uh, engage in relationships without, without issue? Um, how do you handle conflict with other people? Um, stress, how do you handle work stress or life stress or family stress or kids stress or, uh, whatever that is. Um, mm. Those are good. I like those. Yeah, stress and interpersonal stuff. I mm-hmm. think. Well, I, and and you know my my theory on interpersonal relationships. I think they just they're probably the most um, undervalued part of our lives. I think it is so vital that you have good relationships in your life. And if you're not in good relationships, then how do you handle that? I think it's so important to learn how to deal with that because they they create so much of our identity and they create so much of our um, or have such a huge impact in our mood that, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, well, and I think even if you're, even if you're not in a bad relationship, right, there's a, a noticeable difference between a okay relationship and a pretty good relationship. Right. And I think that's definitely something good therapy can help you move towards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I'm always, um, struck even, even clients or patients that do come in that, are, are struggling with anxiety and depression and they're aware of that, right? They, they know when they come in, this is what they want to talk about. Um, still some of the things you'll observe from them, their thought pattern, their behavior pattern, they have no idea that that thought pattern or that behavior pattern is impacting them the way it does. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and so sure, if you're a healthy, well-adjusted person, you feel fine, but you may have no idea how, one of your thought processes or one of your behavior patterns might be impacting your life still. Yeah. And so, which, which brings up a good question though, because if I had a client come in and say, I have no idea why I'm here really, or, or what benefit therapy could be for me, but I'm interested in exploring that. I, I'll admit, I don't know where I would maybe start, <laughs> you know, like where do you, where would you start picking that up? But yeah, I guess you'd ask them questions about, are there areas of your life that you feel like you can improve on and why, you know, I guess that would be easy enough, but. Or, um, or, or you just start with, tell me about your week, right? Because yeah, all yeah. of us have high low points in our week. And I think you're, if you just start telling the story of your week, you're naturally going to get to some of the, even if you don't perceive it as a, a low point, you might say, well, you know, my I don't, my husband got really upset and I, I don't really understand why and it's been kind of awkward for a while, but, you know, whatever, this happens every, you know, every so often. They may not initially have identified that as a problem in their life, but once they start, once they describe it, you can kind of pick up, you know, the therapist can kind of pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big one. Um, one that's related to, that I was thinking of that's related to interpersonal functioning that I think a lot of us struggle with at least in some area of our life or with some people in our lives um, is assertiveness. Mm-hmm. So the, the, basically the ability to ask for what you want directly and respectfully and put boundaries on what you don't want. Um, very good. Very good. Clearly. Point. I think that's something almost all of, you, you know, whether it's maybe you're very candid and upfront with your spouse and with your parents and with your best friend, but you, for whatever reason, you really have a hard time, saying what you think with your boss. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like kind of exploring what, what is that? Why is that so hard for me in that one particular situation? Or why is it really hard for me to say no to my dad? You know, whereas I'm fine saying no to my wife and saying no to my boss and like, what's up with that? Why is that? Yeah. You know, you know, another thing that comes to mind too is, is, um, are there goals that you're not reaching? And, and Ooh, that's maybe a, repeatedly not reaching. Like, that's a great one. Why is that? What gets in the way and how, how might that be affecting your life? So yeah, I, I think there, there are several inroads that maybe would and be pretty easy. That's such an appeal. I think so many people have kind of like dreams or aspirations or even just projects or hobbies that they've always kind of wanted to, to do or make happen. But for some reason it's just not happening. Yeah. Just areas of your life you feel stuck in. Yeah. You know, stuck. That's a great term. Yeah. That's a great way to think about, could mm-hmm. I benefit from therapy? Are there stuck points? Yeah, and I think that's actually what made me kind of decide to talk to someone. It was like this behavior pattern I knew just kept coming up, and it was like, I have no idea what this is. And I mean, is it, you know, like, what, what what's this a product of, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and then once I got in therapy and had someone actually kind of point out things, it was like, oh, how did I not, you know, like, oh, maybe this is just so beneficial. And I'll admit, sometimes there's I, I go and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to Right. talk about today like everything's going pretty well you know i don't know that was far and away my biggest anxiety when i was in therapy yeah a few years ago was like oh, what am i going to talk about and without fail i always walked out of therapy feeling really good feeling light feeling mm-hmm. and and feeling like it was productive like god that, i'm really glad i went today yeah and, and and i my my patients tell me that all the time they're like i sat down and had nothing to say and then all of a sudden i'm talking like you know I, so that's important because i think that's a big thing that keeps people out of therapy is that they, they're worried that they're not going to have something worthwhile to talk about mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that it's just going to be their trivial little stuff and um but it's you know if it, at least if you've got a therapist who knows what they're doing, I think you almost always, not always, but on aggregate, on a whole, you will, you will walk out um, with something productive and having gained something. And Yeah, that, that's the hope. I mean, and, and, and that's a product, I think, of both um, your input. I, I think if you're, um, if you're, uh, uh, as a client, if you're participating and really, you know, exerting some effort in treatment, then everything will take care of itself. If you've got a good therapist, then you're, you're off and running. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a really, yeah, I I really do think in in a perfect world, we would all just have access to someone we can say like, Hey, here's what I thought about that thing. Anything wrong with that? You know, like, I think this is a good philosophy I've adopted or this strategy for, you know, responding to these types of events. What do you think of that? And, um, yeah, I'd be hard pressed to think of, anybody who, who, who would just, you know, hundred percent across the board, they're doing great. You know, right. I doubt that's out there. Yeah. Okay. So we should wrap up here in a second, but we've been talking about this kind of from uh, Pete's perspective, but I'm a little bit curious. I, I think it's worth talking real quickly about this question from his wife's perspective. Cause she was the one who said, you know, you need therapy. Yeah, Everybody was, needs therapy. What was her question? I think it was more of a statement. It, uh, yeah, it was a statement. <laughs> you need Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think this is a position a lot of people find themselves in, which is that someone in their life close to them, they suspect they could really benefit from therapy and they don't, the other person, their spouse doesn't see it at all. So I think a really, this is why I think this, it's so essential that the language we use, you know, you need therapy as opposed to you could benefit from therapy is really important 
Because when you start telling people they need therapy, they're going to get really defensive. And your odds of success are going to plummet when you start telling people they need (laughs) therapy. I agree. Because what they hear is like, you think there's something wrong with me. Which even if they agree with to some extent, that feels awful. And our, our natural instinct is to recoil and go the other way. Yeah, and I, I think that statement's actually even heavier because it's you need therapy, which is like you need a professional to help you with this problem because it's so severe that, yeah, you are in need of professional attention. And that can be quite hurtful, I think, to a lot of people. Yeah. I know, especially with kids, you know, you have to be very careful about how you present therapy because you're basically saying, the kids will internalize that and say, something's wrong with me to the point where I have to go talk to somebody, Right. you know? And so um, hopefully, you know, I would encourage parents not to tell their children, like, you need therapy, but more, you know, you could, yeah. I don't know how you'd roll that out, but um, yeah, that can be a dangerous thing. The other part, though, is if multiple people in your life have told you that you need therapy, <laughs> you might consider trying it and see uh, see what you find. Um, because I, I have a lot of clients like that who have said, man, you know, this person told me I needed therapy and this person told me I needed therapy. And I don't know why they keep telling me this, but they evidently think I need help with this problem, you know. Um, the other, the, the, the flip side of that coin is that just because someone tells you you need therapy doesn't mean that you need therapy. Right. <laughs> um, and then that's awful because some people will, you know, you have an interpersonal issue and rather than really trying to resolve conflict in a healthy way, they'll just try to say, this is your fault and you need therapy, which is another awful situation. And then you can refer to our earlier comments about how important relationships are and healthy relationships. So that's a great, that's a great point. I think. Yeah. 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 I, I would just say though to Pete's wife or anyone who's in a similar situation, th- be strategic. You know, what's going to, actually increase your odds of, you know, helping someone you love and care about get into therapy. Um, and is telling them they is framing it as you need therapy. Is that the most strategic way to go about it? Or screaming it at them. Right. No, you probably don't want it. <laughs>